0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE. Welcome to Sharp Lessons, everybody, Stadium's sports betting podcast. Presented by Stadium, we've got the professor, Nate Jacobson, I'm Ben Wittenstein, uh, and we want to wish a happy Wednesday to everybody. Midweek Sharp Lesson Show, we're taking a look at some of the college football games, NFL games that we're interested in for the weekend. You can follow us on Twitter at Stadium Bets. We'll be tweeting all of our picks out uh, today and on Friday for our favorite day of
1: the week, Picks Friday. Nate, how are you doing this week? Pretty good. Ready to get into this week. There are some pretty good games out there. Nothing that I love betting-wise, so no best bet today. I was especially having a little bit of trouble with the college board. A lot of games, I feel like this time of year is kind of tough because there's just so much motivation built in where there's teams that are just kind of playing out the string. But then there's also teams that have aspirations to win their conference maybe even try to make the college football playoffs. so it's a little bit tougher this time of year we know what these teams are so there's not many edges but hopefully we can gather some stuff up that we'll have on our friday best pick show and then nfl i thought there was actually a lot of good games this week i was in trouble had trouble trying to think of just three of them that we'll preview today but we'll talk some more out and talk it out because i had to have leans in some of the other big games Love it. All right. So let's just get into it. Then we have our three college
0: football games, our three NFL games for the sharp lesson shortlist uh, every single week. I think I'm getting better at uh, saying that tongue twister. Um We've got number six, Michigan going to Penn State, Michigan, minus one, that total forty eight and a half. And you heard a lot of people. I think it's almost like every week where people are surprised at how high Michigan is ranked. They they don't trust Michigan, which is understandable because of the whole you know John Harbaugh situation and him just being an unpredictable coach. Well, Michigan has done a pretty good job this year and only laying one on the road.
1: Yeah, Jim Harbaugh has had some some rough outings, I guess, when they have to play big games, whether it's against the rivals in Ohio State or Michigan State. I think he's a little bit more successful against Penn State, but he also was getting some Penn State teams that weren't as good. Now he's playing an unranked Penn State. Michigan, I guess the controversy here is they moved up from seven to six in the college football playoff rankings last night, and the controversy with that is the committee made an emphasis on the first rankings that head-to-head was important. But at this rankings, they ranked Michigan ahead of Michigan State even though Michigan State beat Michigan 11 days ago. So they were putting an emphasis on head-to-head with, like, Oregon over Ohio State, Cincinnati over Notre Dame. Uh, When you go down the rankings, there was a lot of teams ranked one slot ahead of the other team and assuming based on just the head-to-head. But not in this case. They changed the precedent a little bit, and now Michigan sitting at number six ahead of Michigan State. wonder if that puts a little bit extra pressure on Jim Harbaugh's team as they hit the road. I kind of like Penn State in this game, Ben. I don't know if I'm going to bet it or how confident I'm going to play it. I just feel like this line would be a lot different if Sean Clifford didn't get hurt against Iowa about a month ago. They'd probably win that game. He's probably healthy enough where they beat Illinois the next week. And then when he was a little bit more healthy, they showed out well against Ohio State, held their own two weeks ago, and then this past week, beat maryland so i feel like penn state might feel a little bit disrespected that there are six and three big ten team the big ten teams getting a lot of respect in the college football playoff rankings yet they are still unranked and this is a penn state team to, that beat a ranked team like wisconsin they beat a ranked team and out of conference like auburn so i feel like there's a little bit of a discount here in penn state especially right now as a home underdog so for me it's penn state or, or nothing uh, nothing really on the total i have of 48 and a half i Feel like it could be a low-scoring game. It's going to be cold also around the Midwest this weekend. Once we get to Saturday, so I feel like Penn State might end up being a bet for me, but we'll finalize that on our next show on Friday. I wonder how much the spread would
0: change if this was a night game at Penn State. Yeah. I'm sure it would change, maybe one, maybe maybe two points. So it's interesting that Michigan would probably be an underdog if. It was a night game at Penn State, but here you're getting them as a favorite and you're getting Penn State as an underdog. I think simply because the game's at 11 a.m., 12 a.m. or 12 p.m. Eastern time.
1: Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, with college home field, it's not like the NFL where there's kind of like a standard consensus home field. There's different college crowds and then you add like a night game. Like I know night games at LSU – probably are like two points more valuable than like a day game at LSU. And you'd probably say the same thing with Penn State, where you don't have the the whiteout, I guess, where it's at night. And I think a lot of Big Ten games around this time of year end up being afternoon games just because it gets colder at night and they don't want teams playing in very frigid temperatures in some of the upper Midwest states like Minnesota or Wisconsin. So I think that's going to be a thing going forward with the Big Ten. But, yeah, I think there's something to that, Ben, where – this probably would have been a night game if this was played in October, but because it is November, we have a day, a day game, and now Michigan a short favorite after Penn State Open is the favorite, so Michigan may be taking a little bit of money. wonder if there's some Penn State money later in the week as we record this on a Wednesday morning.
0: All right, we've got Oklahoma-Baylor, uh, another 11 a.m. Central time start. Oklahoma 8, Baylor 13, Oklahoma laying minus 5.5. Total is at 62 and a half. That's certainly a, uh, a high total for this game. But, I mean, this is a chance for Baylor to really show the committee that they're undefeated and they actually can beat good teams.
1: Yeah, I think it's a huge opportunity for Oklahoma, who we haven't seen since the college football playoff rankings were released. Oklahoma had a bye last week, so they probably are sitting there stewing and realizing being ranked eighth in a power conference and being undefeated just one spot ahead of Wake Forest last week kind of shows how they have been disrespected. I'm sure Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams are going to try to bring out their best game plan and play this weekend when they play Baylor. Uh, Baylor's coming off a loss, but we did mention last week it was a tough sandwich game after between Texas and this game against Oklahoma. So maybe not the value that we have now because Baylor lost a game. We expected them maybe not to play well in, so maybe they bounced back. But, yeah, I think the big question here is how Oklahoma responds in the first game since the college football playoff rankings were released because a lot of people thought Oklahoma, as an undefeated team, would be at least in the top four, if not the top six, and they were ranked eighth. So the schedule is set up for them to do well. Baylor's ranked 13th. They play Oklahoma State late in the year, and then they're probably going to play one of those two teams between Baylor and Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game. So there definitely is a path for Oklahoma if they went out to still make the playoff, but I think we might get a little bit extra motivated sooner this week. And if they are an actual good team, that they'll be able to cover this number. See, that's the problem.
0: I don't know if they're like actually a playoff team. And
1: I, 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 this is a spot
0: where I kind of like Baylor, especially. Getting five and a half points, they're, they're five and zero oh at home against the spread, and Oklahoma one and three on the road against the spread. It's, I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little surprised it's this high. Uh, I guess uh, betters and and Vegas really are high on Oklahoma and feel like with their backs against the wall in a situation like this where it's almost a must win for them. Like you're gonna you're gonna go all out, but Baylor at home as an underdog in this situation is kind of tasty for me.
1: Yeah, I, I really have no opinion just because I don't know what Oklahoma we're going to see. Is it going to be the right. team that barely beat Kansas a couple weeks ago, or is it going to be a team that really handled Texas Tech and TCU once Caleb Williams became the starter? And that's, I guess that's what you get with a freshman quarterback, a lot of uncertainty. Maybe the bye week will help him. uh Now they know they have a pretty tough schedule. They have Baylor, and then they play Iowa State. Who I know has had a disappointing season, but on paper they're still a very good team. And then they play Oklahoma State in week 13 before the Big 12 title game against, which is potentially going to be a rematch against one of these three teams they play to finish the season.
0: All right, the Premier afternoon matchup 19 Purdue at number four Ohio State. In the shoe, Ohio State minus 20 and a half. That total is at 62. Uh, Ohio State again, a high double-digit favorite uh, against the Purdue team that's coming off a pretty big win. Um, I, th- these these spreads are always so hard for me to pick, Nate, because, again, it's one of those things where it's like Ohio State maybe is not going to play super well in the first half against the motivated Purdue team, but because they're Ohio State, they're, they're probably going to have a good second half and, and just steamroll them and maybe cover the spread by the fourth quarter. But that's a tough one, and 62 is such a high total, too.
1: I agree. I'm having a tough time with this game. This line does seem a little bit inflated, especially because this is like a Purdue team that last week closed as a a two-and-a-half-point home underdog to Michigan State, and Michigan State was ranked number three. So I thought maybe Purdue would get a little bit more respect. But I think there's a lot of built-in inflation just because Ohio State, where they are in the college football playoff rankings, they moved up from five to four. And actually, Purdue is now ranked... They were nine their nineteenth sandwiched yep. between Wisconsin, a team they lost to at eighteen, but just ahead of Iowa, who they beat about a month ago last October in October at yep. 20th. So that was like when the when the playoff committee did that, I was thinking like, oh, they're, you know, head to head matters because Wisconsin's ahead of Purdue because they beat them, and Purdue's ahead of Iowa because they beat them. But Purdue also could very well finish the year with five losses. So this is probably not a top twenty team. Uh, which makes it probably (laughs) controversial why they even bother ranking 25 teams because it seems wrong that, like, a team like Penn State isn't in the top 25, but a team like Purdue, who has lost to Minnesota and 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 had a few other losses um, against Wisconsin, and then so there's another loss in there. Oh, Notre Dame. So I guess Purdue, I guess they probably look at Purdue like, oh, they had good losses, so we we can rank them. So let's let's stop talking about the playoff committee because I can drive myself crazy, but... Purdue has beat very good teams this season, I guess, or highly ranked teams. They beat a number two AP Iowa last month. They beat number three in the initial college football playoff rankings in Michigan State last week. So maybe there's a little bit of a letdown here. But looking at Ohio State, they really picked up the pace when they started playing bad opponents, whether it was Maryland or Rutgers or an Indiana team with a lot of injuries. But the last two games against better competition in Penn State at home and then in Nebraska, and even though Nebraska doesn't have a good record, I think they're actually a p- decent team, uh, better than some of the other teams I've mentioned, Ohio State struggled and didn't cover the spread. And one concern we've had about Ohio State going into this year and then after they had a pretty poor showing defensively against Oregon, Oregon is stopping the explosive play and maybe their secondary is a weakness of the team and this is a matchup where they could get real really tested by David Bell, the wide receiver against Purdue, who had 240 yards against Iowa and last week 217 yards against Michigan State. So I think Purdue might be able to score a little bit here. The big question is will they be able to stop Ohio State? I think 20 and a half is a little bit high. I don't know if I have it in me to get to Purdue, especially since I had Purdue last week. I feel like I don't have to double dip on the Boilermakers. They did their job last week. But I wouldn't be surprised if Purdue hung around for a little bit just because I respect Jeff Brom as a coach and it's a team that's not afraid to step up in class and play competitive games.
0: You know, we're thinking the same way because I'm starting to think Purdue first half spread, kind of an interesting bet.
1: Potentially. Uh, I I guess the concern is Purdue had a letdown and maybe they just completely no-show, but I don't know. Maybe they ride the momentum and Ohio State has a little bit of pressure, so if I had to play at Purdue, I guess first half would maybe make more sense a full game. But personally, I I feel like there's better investments on a Saturday.
0: This just seems like the classic Ohio State game where they scare people in the first half and and you're starting to think, oh, they they might get upset. They may be uh, not as good as people thought. And then the second half rolls around and they just completely steamroll Purdue so that's my thought process Purdue first half kind of seems like a nice little bet maybe I'll make a part of uh, the betting on Friday but that's probably the way I would lean because I just I wouldn't trust Purdue in a full game against Ohio State on the road too um, let's go to the NFL looking at some NFL games Browns at the Patriots in Foxborough. Patriots minus two that total 45 and a half I want to take the Browns Nate I want to take the Browns in this game road dog against the Patriots team that still hasn't uh, convinced me that they're that good. They beat the Panthers. Good for them. You know, I, I just I, I'm not convinced that the Patriots are are worthy to be a favorite in this game.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Ben. It's Browns or nothing, and I'll very likely be betting the Browns. But now we have a little bit of a COVID issue in Cleveland, which is kind of yeah. keeping me off the game right now. We talked about this game on Monday's show and the notable line moves in, in market watch, and we were talking about how this line was. Patriots minus three on the look ahead. And then after the adjustment, after especially after Cleveland's very strong performance against the Bengals, the money was, you know, there was an adjustment where it was two and a half, and then money came on Cleveland Monday. It actually touched Browns plus one on Monday night at most places. Actually pick them in some spots. And then with the news that Nick Chubb and Demetric Felton, both testing positive for covid Even though they are vaccinated, their status for Sunday is in doubt. The Ernest Johnson is still there, and he did prove that he's a capable back against the Broncos in that Thursday night game a few weeks ago. But there's a, and you have to consider is there anyone else going to test positive for the Browns? Because already a few players did from one position group, and we saw, we've seen just a few times where COVID has taken some players out. Well, the Packers the last few weeks. So it's one of those, spots now that you kind of want to wait and see who's healthy i would assume that maybe if they rule nick chubb out this line might get up to one and a half or two i know it's one and a half two right now but i don't think it's going to get back to three unless there's significant injuries but yeah i just think the patriots or the sorry the browns they are the better team they're the underdog home field not as valuable it's a very similar spread to what it was against the Bengals. I don't think the Patriots are that much better than the Bengals. So if Browns are passed for me, especially at plus money, you can use them in teasers, but I also would advocate betting the Browns as long as there isn't many other players that get COVID.
0: Seahawks at the Packers. Packers minus three and a half, that total 49. Do we have belief in the the Seahawks at all to do anything right now?
1: Uh, Potentially. I mean, Russell Wilson is coming back. From IR, he was cleared to play, and just some context in this line, the look-ahead line was minus five, but that was released last Tuesday before Aaron Rodgers' positive test. So I think that look-ahead line kind of made it like a possibility that Wilson could come back. He, sure enough, is coming back. We saw the line movement at some places, Packers minus three, some three-and-a-half out there. Rodgers can't rejoin the team until Sunday, but if there's a quarterback that doesn't need practice and normal prep, it is probably him, especially against a Seattle team that he's very familiar with. Uh, Maybe a little bit of a different defensive schemes, but he's played Pete Carroll plenty of times, whether it's been playoffs or in the regular season. I would look at the Packers at this number, but I don't know if I want to risk betting it now in case Rodgers can't play and we're stuck with Jordan Love. And in that case, then the Seahawks would probably become the favorite in this football game so kind of want to wait and see I don't think I could bet the Seahawks now at this number I know Wilson is coming back but he might not be hundred percent it's going to be a very cold day in Green Bay maybe a chance of snow but it looks like weather in the 30s for this late afternoon game where it's going to get dark pretty early in Green Bay especially daylight savings time so it's Packers are passed for me but I need a little bit more information before making this a bet
0: It seems if if Rodgers is going to be back, it just seems with everything that he has been saying and all the reports of him being upset, of people being mad at him for his COVID comments, it seems like one of those games where he is just going to go off if he can play and he's able to. It's like a mad Aaron Rodgers taking it out on the Seahawks is something I can completely see and just having an incredible game. Um, so that's one of those things, I think, waiting, though, just to just to see his status, to see how everything else lines up for that game and, and maybe get a better line once Sunday comes around and we get more information. Um, Chiefs at Raiders, our third game and the Sunday night football game this week in Las Vegas. Chiefs minus two and a half, fifty one and a half 51 um, and is the total, a high total as well in this game. But the Chiefs are a road favorite in Vegas.
1: Yeah, so last week the Raiders lost to the Giants, but they did outgain the Giants and won the yards per play battle by one and a half net yards, 6.0 to 4.5. So the Raiders probably won the box score. They settled for some short field goals. They even missed a 25-yard field goal. And the real turning point of the game was a Darren Derek Carr pick six on the first drive of the second half. So that game could have gone a lot differently and then the Chiefs winning last week, sure, they win. They didn't cover the closing spread when Jordan Love was inserted. But the Chiefs only had 3.8 yards per play. Their offense continues to be a mess. And this is against a Packers defense that isn't very good. After the first drive, the Chiefs did not have a touchdown for the game. So I think there's a lot of concern with the Chiefs in general. But I'm not high on the Raiders in general. So I think this could be the potential lowest point you could be able to buy the at despite their struggles they are a favorite they are on the road but if there's anything we've seen from Raiders games is their home field advantage isn't very big because a lot of opposing fans go there and I think the first year Kansas City is able to travel to Las Vegas they're gonna have plenty of fans there so I think the home field advantage is negated in this game which would make sense why the spread is what it is for me I think it's probably right on but if I had to play it, I'd play the Chiefs to potentially buy low because I feel like there's going to be a game where they are going to finally break out despite looking poor last week against the Packers' defense.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I can take the Chiefs, but I am thinking maybe the under. Under 50, it, it just seems like a high total, and I think the Chiefs have continued to get high totals for some reason, and I'm not sure why. The last three totals that they've had in the 50s have gone under. And it really went under against the Packers. They scored 13 points against a bad Packers defense. I, I just don't I don't think the Chiefs' offense is as good as we have seen in the past couple years. I don't think they will be as good as we have seen in the past couple years because NFL defenses tend to figure that stuff out pretty quickly. So it, it just seems to me that the Chiefs are doing the same thing they've been doing for the last couple years, and it just isn't working as much. So they may win the game. They may cover, but... I don't see them and, and the the Raiders scoring enough points to get to,
1: 50, to get over 51 and a half. So
0: I, I would probably take an
1: under in a game like this. I know before Aaron Rodgers was rolled out in the Packers-Chiefs game that the first move on the total that opened like 55 and a half was on the under. It got bet down to 54, and then the Rodgers news, and it drops down to 48. And that game, I mean, the first half under – would have hit with the full game under with at 20 points scored so i kind of think that makes sense ben i know that in the past these two teams have played some shootouts including last year in an empty stadium in vegas but it's also a little bit different teams uh in terms of coachings (laughs) staff and also just teams in general and patrick mahomes just currently not in good form right now uh for the chiefs and i think that's why we're seeing a Discount in the market, but I understand your concerns of Kansas City's offense in general if they weren't able to have success last week against the Packers at home.
0: Let's do situations of the week.
1: What's the situation?
0: We'll do the hangover games first. Lousy hangover. We've got LSU and Wake Forest. LSU coming off that game against Bama and uh, Wake Forest against UNC.
1: Yeah, LSU, home underdog, two-and-a-half point dog against Arkansas. And the reason why this hangover is last week felt like the all-in effort against Alabama off the bye. The Coach O tenure is coming to an end, and that just felt like that was the biggest game left on the schedule. And they went all-in. They only lose by six points after closing, I believe, as a 28-and-a-half-point underdog. So I don't know how much more LSU has in the tank. They're already a team that has a lot of injuries. And now that Coach O... I feel like he had him really motivated for that game, and I'm not sure if he's going to be able to have that same spirit this week to motivate the team with the Arkansas Razorbacks coming to town. And then Wake Forest, I guess this is more of a, a game that just crushed the playoff dreams, and that's why it's in the <laughs> hangover letdown and not saying, like, Wake Forest would have made it if they went 13-0 and and won the ACC. But they did lose last week to North Carolina, squandering an 18-point second half lead at UNC – Favored by two, hosting NC State. Not a huge NC State fan, but I think NC State would be the only way to look in this game. I could see Wake Forest after losing their first game of the season last week, maybe having a little bit of a tumble. Uh, Wake Forest, how they didn't they lost to North Carolina last week, but it wasn't considered a conference game because they are in different divisions. But this program decided to schedule a home and home, so this was that was considered a non-conference game. So, so Wake Forest. Still, should win their division and make the ACC title game. Uh, they're still undefeated according to the conference record, but now their playoff aspirations, probably very short-lived, because I don't think that was their goal before the season, are crushed. I can see the uh, Wake Forest fade starting again after I faded them last week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do like the I, I do like NC State as an underdog, um, even though it's on the road. Like I I have been on NC State as a favorite. But getting them as an underdog, even though it's a short underdog, kind of like it. Um, on the road. Uh, sandwich games. And which we've got Michigan State as they're coming off that loss to Purdue. Next week they have Ohio State. This week, though, they're at home against Maryland.
1: Yeah, Michigan State coming off the first loss of the season. I guess they still control their own fate in terms of the playoffs. So, I mean, if they went out, they'd have to beat Maryland this week and then Ohio State next week, which just makes it a sandwich game. They also play Penn State at the end of the year, and then I think that'd probably be enough for them to get into the Big Ten title game. But it's quite a mountain to climb, especially with that trip to Columbus next week. But first thing first, playing Maryland, favor by 13. I just feel like Michigan State is going to start out flat coming off that first loss of the season against Purdue. And I don't really trust them to lay a big number against a Maryland team that I know isn't very good. And they maybe had their all-out effort at Penn State last week, and now they have to go on the road again. So I'm not a perfect spot, I guess, to uh, bet on Maryland. But I couldn't bet on Michigan State here, especially with the big trip to Ohio State next week, where it's at the moment number seven against number four in the college playoff ranking. So that looks like the marquee matchup, at least for now, for week 12 of college football.
0: And then we have the dreaded look-ahead game with Oregon as they play uh, Washington State this week. But next week, Nate, they're going to Utah.
1: Yeah, Oregon last night moved up to number three in the college football playoff rankings despite a loss earlier this season to 3-6 and six Stanford and some other close calls along the way. Washington State coming off a bye week. And Washington State's a team that had that issue with Nick Rolovich getting fired and they bounced back pretty well the week after he got fired. So not the first game after, but the next game, they go on the road to Tempe and beat Arizona State. So maybe there's some fight left in this Washington State team off a of bye. I'm sure they would love to spoil the uh, spoil the uh, playoff chances of Oregon. It's the late game of the night, or one of the latest starts of the night. Washington get weird. State,
0: yeah, that Washington late.
1: State plus 14, even in Eugene. I think they can keep this one close if we get a similar – Effort level that we saw against Arizona State and Oregon thinking ahead to a big trip to Salt Lake City, which is probably the team they think has the best chance of knocking them off in the regular season. They're probably also going to have to play Utah in the Pac 12 title game if Utah wins the South. But I could see Oregon maybe just kind of getting by, just like they have so many times this season against teams like Fresno State and California. There's probably a few other teams. I feel like they last week against Washington they covered, but Washington is a complete mess in their coaching staff. But Oregon was trailing early in that game. So Oregon hasn't very, really impressed me, honestly, other than that one win at Ohio State. I think that this week could be a, a tough spot, maybe a little bit of a trap game look ahead for the Ducks against Washington State.
0: So there was some bets you wanted to talk out. There's only one thing I want you fellows to do. What's What's that? <laughs> Me out of it. Uh three bets. Virginia Saints and the Vikings. So you got one college football bet, and then you have two NFL bets. What did you uh what, what did you want to air out for Virginia?
1: Yeah, so Virginia is hosting Notre Dame. It's like a prime time game on Saturday evening. Right now, Virginia at home, five and a half point underdog against Notre Dame. I did look up that Brendan Armstrong, their quarterback, who I believe suffered an injury in that really crazy game against BYU two weeks ago. Uh, he had a rib injury, but he looks like or they're hopeful he'll play. I guess it'll be a game time decision. So that, I guess, would be the reason I'd stay off the game. But I feel like Notre Dame, just not as good as I – w- I think we say this every week, but the- I don't think they're <laughs> that good, and I don't think they deserve to be laying this big of a number on the road against a Virginia team that I know they have their flaws. But I think they're okay, and they'll be able to score points, especially if Armstrong is good to go. I like that Virginia, after that crazy game against BYU, had a bye week to kind of rest and try to reset. It's a big game for them, prime time. Uh, against Notre Dame, who's, like, a part-time member of the conference, I guess. For other sports, not, but for football, it's kind of the one who's just like, ah, well, when we want to, we'll play in the ACC, like, during a COVID year. So I think Virginia, plus 5.5 makes a lot of sense, as long as the injury report is fine.
0: Yeah, that would that would make sense to me. It It almost seems like this is destined for one of those just let-down Notre Dame games. Where people have been high on them, once they start winning some big games, they look good at home, and then they have to go on the road in prime time. To it's not, it's not an, uh, an easy environment at Virginia to play, especially in a night game. So, if you can get them, getting five and a half points, I I think that's probably the right move. Yeah. I would be on the underdog here against Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, I'm sure uh, their fans
0: will show up. Yeah, I, I would imagine, too. It's I think it's a really good trap game spot. I, I do. I would agree with that. So probably if, if you're going to bet anything in this game, I think Virginia would be the good bet for that. Um, you have a couple NFL games, the Saints, that you wanted to talk about?
1: Yeah, I just want to throw in these because they barely made the, the big game breakdown we have. But one yeah. is Saints-Titans. I thought that could have been worthy of talking about it in the Sharp Lessons shortlist. Saints going on the road to play the Titans. The Titans right now... Two-and-a-half point favorite, but that's been bouncing around. Sometimes it's been minus three, sometimes two-and-a-half. I like the Saints in this game. If it's two-and-a-half, I'll tease them. If it's plus three, I'll just bet the Saints at plus three. But I think right now we're getting the Titans truly at the top of the market. They have four straight wins, all as underdogs against the Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts, and then last week against the Rams in Derrick Henry's first game out with an injury. Now they're a favorite. They're 7-2, and two, looking very good in the division, especially when they have two games against the Texans and another game against the Jaguars this season. So they're in a good position. I just feel like I said it last week it wasn't a game they needed against the Rams, but I also now a game against an NFC opponent where they're the favorite. I think the situation kind of suits up well for the Saints. The Saints team, that's off a loss against the Falcons. The Saints have done very well as the underdog role this year when they're a favorite you don't trust them to cover so i think that's just one of those things where you trust the saints as underdog you fade the titans as the favorite who haven't been a favorite in a, in like a month and uh, take a shot with the saints to win or cover at least a game that i would expect to be a little bit lower scoring given the saints current quarterback situation of trevor simeon or Taysom hill and if anything you learn about nfl betting it's
0: If the team is not like the best of the best, like the Chiefs were a couple years ago, once they're at the top of the mountain for so long, it's about time for them to come down. And I think that is the perfect spot to to fade the Titans in a situation where, yeah, it may look look good where they're an underfield goal favorite at home. But I I think the Saints really underplayed last week, too, was one of those things where they didn't. I, I don't think they showed what they could actually
1: be. It was just an off game for them against yeah. the Falcons, well, and this this would be a good situation to grab them as underdogs. And they closed minus 6.5 or minus 7 against the Falcons. So the market was yeah. really respecting the Saints on game day. I think this line closes a lot, a little bit lower, not a lot lower. Like I don't think the Saints would be favorite, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints took more money as the week goes on. And then the other game, a very similar point spread, and we're going back to the, the dreaded Vikings, I'll call it Your them, favorite team somehow to bet on. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. Like they lose every close game. Like they, I said on Monday's show. Like they're not like a a chance. They could have definitely at least have five wins, maybe six wins, and they'd be right in the picture of the NFC North and for sure in the wild cards race. Because I feel like the sixth and seventh seed in the NFC are wide open. But the Vikings now are playing the Chargers. I think this is a really strong teaser leg. If you can tease the Vikings from two and a half to eight and a half, as I mentioned, they play a lot of close games. They lose a lot of them, but they're still close games. And when you're teasing a team, you're just asking them to keep it within a possession or teasing of a small underdog up through the key numbers of three and seven. You're just asking them to keep it within one possession. And then the chargers are a team that don't blow teams out even when they win. So I think this is kind of a perfect teaser situation for the Vikings against a team in the Chargers. But even though they won last week, I think you have to look at the market and be a little bit thrown off or kind of, you know, maybe the Chargers aren't as good as we think because the Chargers closed as a one-point road favorite against the Eagles. So I feel like the this line might seem short if you just look at the records of the teams. But if you look at some of the underlying metrics and the fact that the Vikings need to win this game to get to four and five to have any realistic shot of making the playoffs, I think the Vikings at plus three would be a bet for me and at two and a half, probably my strongest teaser leg of the week. The over also looks really nice.
0: 53. I don't think you can get too high of a total when you're talking about a team like the Vikings and the Chargers. I don't trust the Chargers defense at all. I don't really trust the Vikings defense uh, either. So, both these teams have capable offenses. It just kind of depends what type of offense the Vikings are are going to show up with. Is it going to be the offense that just looks completely incapable of scoring and Kirk Cousins just looks off for the day? But I don't think you will get that just because of how bad that Chargers defense is. So like a 31-28 game is certainly extremely possible in a game like this, and you have the total over 53 easily in that situation. Um I have an NBA best bet. If we want to do one more best bet before we end the show, it's going to be Raptors plus two. This is my top bet in the article I'm writing for uh, WatchStadium.com for the NBA best bets on Wednesday. I really like the Raptors in this spot, plus two, even on the money line. If if you want to take them on the money line, I think it's like plus 110. I saw some plus 114s around the market. I, I just really like where the Raptors are at right now. They just got Pascal Siakam back. Uh, 15 points, 25 minutes in his first game back last game. Celtics are going to be without Jalen Brown. I think that's going to be a bigger loss than people expect. And the weird stat that I found, Nate, was the Raptors are perfect against the spread on the road. They're 4-0 against the spread on the road, and the Celtics are winless against the spread uh, when they're at home. They're 0-3. So I really like the spot for the Raptors. I was trying to figure out why they are considered the underdog in a situation like this. I mean, both these teams have been pretty unpredictable they've been up and down they've looked really good some games and really bad some others so i think this spread not being a pickem or even the raptors not being a favorite is uh a severely mis mismanaged so i like the raptors plus two maybe even sprinkle some on the raptors money line but the raptors plus two is going to be my nba best bet for tonight but i think that'll do it if we don't have any more bets We uh, will have all of our bets Friday morning on the Friday Picks Day for a fun week. And I'm really getting into that teaser, Nate. I think a uh, little Vikings, Vikings Saints teaser maybe in my future.
1: Yeah, maybe even – we didn't talk about it, but we could throw in the Thursday night game, just the Ravens down to minus one and a half if you think they can beat the – who knows who's going to be starting at quarterback, but the two and seven Dolphins. So if you want (laughs) to – you want to get early start on the teasers because I feel like there's a lot of good teaser options this week. Uh, you can start with that Thursday night game. The uh, reason we didn't preview it because of who's the uh, the home team in that game, but the Ravens, I think, make a pretty good teaser leg even though they are on the road. Like it. Yeah, so that what it for us. We'll be back on Friday with all of our best bets. But until
0: then, good luck.